0: Welcome to Coffee and Conservation, hosted by Dr. Beth Baker, Assistant Extension Professor in the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Aquaculture at Mississippi State University. From water and soil to habitat and food production, Dr. Baker and her guests discuss the necessity and complexity of conservation in the U.S. All right, welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Conservation. I'm Beth Baker, and we are back with Mr. Stanley Wise. We're continuing our previous conversation talking about the Wise Family Farm, but in this episode, we're really going to dig into the transition of the farm to a diversified operation, so stick with us. Okay. So we've been talking about the history of the farm, and we got it, you know, we went down several different avenues about the extension service and different farm models and approaches, landowners, renters. But I want to get back to the story of the farm, because we left off, right, when you and your brother were going to take over. Okay. And so tell me more about how your vision for the farm started to change.
1: Well, when, uh, you know, we talked about me, we got out of the farm because of a uh, different uh, farm economy at the time. And, but we got back in uh, a little later in 2000. And by that time, my, my vision had broadened. And my father had been growing uh, basically sweet corn and purple whole peas to sell to the public. And it just had small acreage, you know. We might have had three or four acres of uh, peas and a couple acres of sweet corn. <clears throat> but anyway, he he was doing a good job with that and what we used it for. When I I and and this happened when I got to move. Uh, close to home. I was in a county adjoining my home county and so I got to be where I could be at the farm more often and I had young children mm-hmm. then or they were in uh, <clears throat> basically well no at that time they were they were a little bit past that but they started helping with their grandfather and they they used growing vegetables as a uh, as their summer job and it paid off well. And I got to watching that, you know, I saw, well, if we can expand that a little bit, you know, there can be some extra income brought on the farm. But I began to try to see some alternatives because I knew that that 80 acres that my grandfather had bought was not going to be able to sustain farming like we had before. And Uh, the crop farm and so I started looking at other ways and there was a a term that was coined about the late 90s it's called agritourism and I started reading about it and uh, got to and I started doing some research on it and found out and uh, you know there's research national research that says that as a population the United States is five generations removed from the farm. Okay, just now, now. think about that. That's the general population. Now, we think as a. I don't know if you grew up on the farm or around the farm, but you know, you growing up and around the farm, you don't think about that because, <clears throat> hey, everybody used to be on the farm or you know their grandfather. But in the United States, we're five generations or more now removed from the farm. So what can we? First of all, we need to try to do something to help teach these people about farming because it's so important for them to understand where their food and fiber comes from. But when I first started reading about agritourism, the corn maze stuck out in my mind. <laughs> and basically, that's a way to get people to come to your farm, okay? And I'll tell you this it, it was a really challenging thing on our farm. To begin um, uh, to begin an agritourism operation because of the mindset of my family, particularly my father, and I knew if I tried to tell him that I wanted to put a corn maze out there and that I was going to not plant one uh, some field and hold it and use it for the fall and plant a corn maze, he was going to have all kinds of questions and be very uh, probably negative. Well, anyway, that's what happened, but I didn't tell him. I I decided at the time because there was no let me say let me back up just a little. I wanted to start showing farmers because I was an extension person that there were alternatives to uh, crop production that would help uh, would diversify their farm in a way that they could actually control uh, some of the. Uh, aspects that we can't control in a market farm where we take whatever market bears you know whatever the market would bear. <clears throat> we can do some things on the farm where we can set our market our prices depending on you know supply and demand and and, and much we. but we don't have to depend on being a price taker we can be a price maker. So anyway I got interested in that part and but there was nobody uh, in near our area, that was doing anything in agritourism that I could basically take farmers to and show them and talk to them and I thought well I need to we have a little farm let's just let me just try it that was and see what we can do so the year that I decided to build uh, make a corn maze <clears throat> we had a field farm uh, that was right behind our farm shop okay we have we had my dad built a farm shop there in the 70s and uh, it, it consisted of a, of a closed-in shop and then an open storage shed in the back where we kept equipment. <clears throat> so what I thought we would do was, was uh, plant a corn maze right behind it, and then we would clear the equipment out in the fall from the shed and make it look nice and put some picnic tables under there, and that's where we would have the entrance to the corn maze, and we would... I encouraged people to come, and we had charged a fee for them to carry their kids through the corn maze and find their way out and sell them some hot dogs and hamburgers along the way. Well, anyway, so I left off this field that my father always planted in purple hole peas for his customers. And it was well known, and people who come to pick peas knew where to come when the peas were ready, and they'd come to the same field. And so I didn't plant it. I decided I was going to hold off and plant it in a late field of corn because I wanted the corn to be green in the fall for people to walk through instead of brown. I wasn't interested in in growing a crop of corn. I was interested in providing some uh, ag entertainment. <clears throat> and so...
0: For someone familiar with crop production like your dad, though, that might seem like an odd idea.
1: Beth, it was a terrible... <laughs> it was a very odd idea. He said... When he didn't see me planting, he said, why aren't you going to plant that field in peas? And I said, well, Dad, I'm not going to plant the field in peas because uh, I'm going to put a corn maze in in the fall. Son, what's a corn maze? I said, Dad, I'm going to plant a field of corn late, and we're going to cut paths in it, and it's going to look at a design. You can see a design if you're up in the air, and it, it creates a design. And but it's a maze, and people's got to figure their way back through the maze to go into the entrance, to come out the exit. He said, "This is always his word." He said, "Son, son, son." He said, "Son, it's not too late to plant this field. You need to plant this field. You don't have enough peas." I said, "Dad, I got plenty of peas, and there's not as no, not as many pea pickers as there used to be. And I'm going to use this field for a corn maze, and." and he tried his darndest to get me to change my mind i said no sir i'm going to do it well the other thing embarrassed to dad was i planted the corn in early august and when the corn grew up you could see it from the main road shady grove road and my dad played dominoes down at the end of that road at the community center almost every morning and when his uh People that played dominoes with him saw the corn. Mm-hmm. They said, Stanley, what's Junior doing planting corn in August? They <laughs> knew he didn't plant it. So, all the he, locals just thought you've yeah, totally lost your mind. But they thought I lost my mind. As a matter of fact, my dad said, Son, you're embarrassing me. And th- anyway, he was said, <clears throat> What's Junior doing planting corn? And they he told him, He said, Well, he's not going to make any corn. And Dad told them what he was going to do. It was going to charge people to walk through the corn. And they said, oh, "They laughed. So we're not going to walk through it. We wouldn't pay to walk through a cornfield. We did that all our life. Why don't we want to pay anyway?" You know, mm-hmm. it, it it really was embarrassing. It was really embarrassing to him. Anyway, the fall came along. <clears throat> we we had the corn maze. We decorated up the farm, and we invited people to come. And when we that fall, we had about Three thousand people to come through the corn maze, and we were charging five dollars a piece. So you can do the math in your head. Now that's not all profit, you know. That mm-hmm. It takes a lot to put this on, and this was a kind of a family, uh, a family a work. I have several brothers and sisters that live right there, and they helped me. And so it was a kind of a family event, and 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 our my nieces and nephews all worked there. We paid them, and that was a good deal. And so anyway. <clears throat> My dad would come, and we could only do it at night on the weekends because we all had jobs. Well, uh, my dad would come out there on the weekends, and my mom, and they would visit with people and tell stories. And my dad would drive the barrel train sometimes, and he just had the best time. Mm -hmm. But not any of that time did he say, son, that's a good job. You did you did good, son. You did really good. And I was I was a little bit hurt by that, because I knew he was having a good time. But anyway, uh, he I knew he was setting his ways. But so we were having Thanksgiving. We were over the it was uh, corn maze was over, and we were having Thanksgiving dinner. And after dinner, we were sitting around talking about you know everything in the world. That's what we did. And so all of a sudden, out of the blue, with no he said, "Son, I got something I want to tell you." I said, "Okay, Dad, what is it?" He said, "I think you need to quit fooling with them vegetables and just concentrate on that corn base." <laughs> <laughs> At least
0: he gave it some real, real thought. He did before bringing it up. He to did. You. Well, <laughs> and that—I mean—that—that that is about as close as to it. You did a real good job. <laughs> that, as you, that's you about all
1: did. I was going to get out of him. But no, he—he <laughs> he saw the. He saw the benefits of that, and he was very, very encouraging after that to anything that we wanted to do on the farm. You know, it, it, and it wasn't just about bringing uh, uh, the people. I mean, we needed to make a profit. So that – and, and you know, that's the thing with agritourism. We could set it. If I wanted to set that price at $10, you know, whatever I'd need to do to make a profit – and, and and whatever the market will bear, mm-hmm. you know that's what we can do. We can set that price, and then we can, and that's so different than growing a crop of peas, where you basically got to take what whatever. what the market's going for, you know. So <clears throat> anyway, but that was really a demonstration of showing someone my, my dad, who was an old farm purist, you know, and that what could be done mm-hmm. if you wanted to. So and and we utilized that for educational purposes and we brought school kids in there and and we showed them what uh, about we talked to them about corn we talked to them about cotton we talked to them where their food and their fiber come from and it was a great opportunity for an educational aspect and that was right down my alley as an extension person but it also gave me enough information that I could help farmers now that might want to try to do that and sure enough Over the course of the next 10 years, uh, there were several operations put in the state. I helped to put in in, uh, corn mazes and different things. And they're still in operation, and they're a big part of their operation. And so I'm very proud of the fact that that agritourism aspect grew Mm -hmm. in the state of Mississippi and is still growing. And uh, it's not a grit-rich, quick scheme, but for farmers that are trying to diversify and they just have a small farm, it can be an option, you know. It can be an option.
0: And it really gives great connection to the community.
1: Oh, the community love it. From time to time, a rumor might get out that we're not going to do that anymore. And I get so many people saying, I heard that y'all weren't going to – excuse me. I heard that y'all were not going to have the corn mazes fall – and I'd say, no, that's not right. Well, that's great because my family looks forward to coming every year. Thank you so much for doing that. And uh, we didn't grow for quite a long time simply because we were having to work, uh, you know. And I retired in 2015, and now we're growing the farm. And it's really the management. We have, uh, excuse me, we have grown that farm and we're doing more and more with that 80 acres. And, uh, Where I'm actually, I had I had been growing about 300 acres of row crops, additionally that from other land that the family had and other rented land. But I'm cutting back, and I'm going to concentrate on that 80 acres, and I feel like that we can make just as much or more off of that 80 acres than we were doing with the row crops. If we continue to diversify, we're going to grow more pumpkins. We're going to grow. Watermelons. We're going to increase. We want. We we have. We've grown to the point where people know to, they can come to their farm, come to the farm for different things. And one of the things we're doing is sunflowers. Uh, flower production is growing in the state.
0: You had a beautiful field of zinnias when I was there.
1: Oh well, that's great. Uh, the, yes, the zinnias, and people want to come and pick flowers and take uh, take pictures. And we want to continue to. Have them come out and do that, not only for the profit, but also to educate them about agriculture. You know, and keep them closer to the farm. And we 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 generally put signage up where people can uh, see uh, different things on the farm. We'll put signs up about. Uh, for the general public not just for school kids but for the general public and uh, we may have a little field of cotton as a demonstration or a field of corn and we'll say you know a cotton is uh, a bale of cotton weighs 500 pounds this produces 1700 shirts or uh you know uh, 300 pounds 300 pairs of blue jeans or whatever you know the case may be they they don't know those facts and so they learn some things and hopefully uh they can think when people are making decisions about the farm well is this a good idea or a bad idea or or whatever but anyway that's how we're diversifying uh and we're going to to continue to grow that aspect we're trying to uh go from one season which was the fall and we're trying now to move from fall and uh summer and uh Fall and excuse me fall and Christmas and summer we did some Christmas things this time on the farm.
0: Yeah, I remember you talking about the the Christmas activities um, and what will you do in the summer? I'm curious about oh. that.
1: okay. Well, a, a few years ago, <laughs> uh, two or three years ago we added uh, ice cream and snow cones <laughs> uh, <yes. laughs> to the farm. I mean, that's the, all you needed Mr. next Kirby. to the tomato stand you know <laughs> and it was great mm-hmm. and when people come up and, and, and people in the community got used to that and they'd come get ice cream and stuff but also what we realized that when people come to buy tomatoes or peas or corn they also bought ice cream but we uh I started looking at people that were having sunflower festivals in different parts of the state As a matter of fact Minnesota is one that probably has mm-hmm. some of the really pretty sunflower fest and they have festivals we wanted to have more of a year of a summer long instead of a festival but something they could come to uh, you know during the hours we were open and pick flowers and take pictures and not necessarily a festival but <clears throat> and boy, we've learned that we really do need to have some things to bring people like a, it doesn't have to be a festival, but it might be a watermelon cutting day or, you know, it could be something like a July 4th picnic or Mm -hmm. whatever. Because the more people that come out, of course, the more sales that you have. But it has surprised to me how far people will drive to get to a sunflower field. We've had people drive three hours to come to the sunflower field. And I know this because I've gotten in trouble because – it might be raining when they get there and then they'll tell me they've been three hours they drove up there to get three hours and so we in that in that instance uh we said well here's an umbrella you want to take the sunflowers in the rain and guess what they did they Mm. had a good time
0: yeah well and i think that's the important part too is just um you know, you're, you're really just creating an atmosphere where families can come and have this diversity of experiences from seeing the farm, seeing what you're producing, doing the corn maze or just, you know, the mm-hmm. winter activities. Um, but it's also a different experience than just, you know. Well,
1: that, that's it, Beth. Uh, the, the experience is what we're selling. -hmm. You know, uh, we're in an experience-based economy. You know, people wanting the best experience they can get. Where do people go for entertainment? You know, they go to Disney World, and uh, you know there are different things like uh, Disney World. I don't know that they have a farm. They they do. They have that the land where they talk where they have. I've been behind the scenes there where they do hydroponics, but I call that fake real. That's not really real. That's fake real. You know, we come to the farm. We're real real. We're real farmers you know and people can see uh, what we do on the farm and and they can get that experience and uh, I, I don't want to talk about this just as it's an entertainment because it's more than entertainment entertainment is part of it i call it agritainment is the entertainment is the part that can be very lucrative if you're you know if you're trying to make Money, but there's also I'm growing the pumpkins that they're that people are coming in the fall and purchasing. I'm growing the sunflowers, you know. I'm growing the corn for the corn maze, and any other crop that we might put out there on the field. And it takes the same amount of uh, management to grow those crops as it does to grow one for uh, like a crop farm like cotton or corn and use machines to harvest it. Uh, we We have to put the same amount of management into it. <clears throat> we have to be very careful that we don't uh do do some practices that are going to uh, cause more soil erosion on our farm and there are some things that we're having to look at right now on the farm to to continue to operate the the uh <clears throat> business. And continue – how are we going to improve, continue to make that soil productive for the next – however how many years we want to keep this operation going. Uh, so we're having to do some – look at some practices that um, that we haven't done. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things we're doing is, is uh, we are creating – you know, I told you my grandfather terraced the land. Well, I've seen – Because a lot of these crops, I can't no-till them. We do no-till some, but some of them, particularly like zinnias, it's hard to no-till a zinnia. I have no-tilled sunflowers, but it's hard to do that. So with us rotating these crops around, sometimes I have to till the soil. Uh, And when I do, and I till those terraces, uh, sometimes we get so much water it breaks those terraces, and I see that. Soil going down, you know, and and it really breaks my heart. So we are going to put in some permanent grass terraces so that they won't be tilled, you know. So we'll just give up some land. Permanent be, grass strips. Yeah, it's kind of like mm-hmm. permanent grass strips, but these yep. are a little different. And terraces, but yes, permanent grass strips, and and we're going to have to do that to to hold this soil because we're not making any more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know and that's that we can't true? we can't continue to lose it and so i'm very concerned about that on our little small acres and people around the state need to be concerned about it on their farms as well thanks for joining us for coffee and
0: conservation to find out more about the topics discussed visit the reach website at reach.msstate or the Mississippi State University Extension Service website at extension.msstate.edu.